0: Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cooled Podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Barth. If you haven't been here before, if you haven't been here before, welcome. Uh, if you have, welcome back. Uh, this is Owner's Stories, Tuesday's episode. Um, today, I'm going to be joined very, very shortly, actually, because I'm, I'm, I know Gary's waiting for me on the other end. But I'm going to be joined by Gary. Uh, Gary's coming in from uh, the U.S., I have to double check where Gary's coming from. For some reason, I I don't think I wrote it down and I can't remember. Uh, I think it's uh, New York area, but I'll I'll double check when Gary comes online very, very shortly. Um, So Gary's uh, had a couple of Porsches. Well, he owns a couple of Porsches, actually. Uh, I'm not sure if he's had other ones before that. Um, I like to, mainly with the owner's stories, I like to know not... Not nothing, but I like to know as little as possible because I like to, uh, you know, talk to the owner, talk to you guys, and I'm finding out things the same time as you guys are, you know, when you're listening to the podcast, and that's what that's kind of how I like doing it. Anyway, I'm not going to ramble on because I've been accused of rambling on before, but I'm going to get Gary on the line from the US, and we're going to start talking about his Porsche-cooled owner story. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to Owner Stories. Like I said, number 58 already, number 58 of the Owner Stories. And today, uh, I was just talking to, uh, we're going to be joined by Gary. Gary's here. Uh, Good. Is it morning or afternoon there, Gary? I don't even know what time it is.
1: Uh, It's still morning by us. It's only 11 o'clock in the morning.
0: Well, good morning. Uh, It's evening here in London. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. You're welcome, Michael.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you for having me.
0: I was just saying we were just. Uh, I'll just tell the listeners we we're just chatting before we push the record button, and uh, I know uh, you'll see from the title of the podcast that Gary has uh, two Porsches, and he just told me he's had around yeah. fifteen to twenty Porsches. So we're gonna have a we're gonna have to uh, really condense it down to fit in the uh, the most memorable ones in in this episode, Gary. That's for sure. Yes. All right. So let's let's get straight into it then, because um, and I probably didn't mention to the listeners Gary's coming from the U.S. Uh, Gary's in New Jersey. That's right, Gary. Correct. Yes, in Marlborough, New Jersey. So in New Jersey, um, Gary was just telling me he's got a good garage for his cars. So we'll get into that as well. So let's just start the podcast and let's start your story. And I'll, and the place where I always like to begin is when you and and being a multiple Porsche owner, you must have noticed them pretty young, I reckon. So when did you first start start noticing uh, Porsches? Was it was it something that you you know that a relative has it has a kid? Did you see them in the street driving by? Uh, was it an uncle? Was it a friend? Uh, or was it just like the poster on the wall, you know, matchbox car? How did it all start with you, with uh, Porsche?
1: Sure. Um, my father used to uh, do business back in the um, early 80s in Germany, uh, late 70s, early 80s in Germany. Uh, so he bought me back a poster of a 911 turbo, white 911 turbo, um, and that I stuck on the wall. And that car really spoke to me with those white hips. And I said, oh, man, I was seven years old at the time. Yeah. And I said to myself, if I can have something like this one day, that would really make my life a lot better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my father was always also a car guy. That's when it stuck to me too. Me and my brother are also car guys. And I guess Porsche really stuck to me. Uh, I had that one and I had a Lamborghini Countach poster at the time on my walls. That was the only two that I had.
0: Fantastic. So, where were you living at the time when you were a kid? You're living in Europe.
1: Uh, I was living at the time. I was born in Israel, and uh, we were living in Israel at the
0: time. Okay.
1: When uh, I started it, uh, at the age of seven, we moved to the U.S. when I was ten.
0: Okay. In as a kid in Israel, do you were there many Porsches on the street? Did you see many 911s? Oh no, 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 <laughs> no,
1: no, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. I think uh, even I think just recently just started over there. Otherwise, you would have seen just. Old Subarus and uh, right. um, you know some old Japanese cars and you know un unbranded names even you couldn't see really major cars. You know German vehicles would be like oh my god you got an Audi or you got something like that it would have been that's like right. a dream to somebody yeah at yeah. the time.
0: Okay, so you you get that poster on the wall you've got the you've got the, the 911 Turbo <clears throat> you've got the Kuntash. Um, you've never owned a Kuntash yet, have you? No, no, never did. (laughs) So you got the 911 Turbo. So you moved to America, you're a kid, you start seeing, I guess you start seeing more Porsches on the road, right? You start seeing more things, more German cars.
1: Yes. When we moved here, I started seeing um, more Porsches, uh, some Ferraris. Uh, When we used to go to Manhattan, there used to be some uh, nice uh, exotic stores at the time. And, you know, when we used to drive by, and you see those Ferraris and Porsches and Lamborghinis, it was like a dream come true that I could see these cars in person at the time.
0: Fantastic. So you, you're you a kid, you're growing up in the US, um, you get to the age where you, you start, you get your license, you start thinking about your first car. What was the first memorable car you had? I'm guessing it wasn't a Porsche. What was the first uh, memorable actually, car that you started with?
1: <laughs> actually, um, it is a Porsche. It, it is? Was, uh, a, yes. Um, when I was 14, we moved to Belgium. Uh, so we opened up a business over there right? and, um, to Antwerp, Belgium oh, nice. and then, um, yeah. So when we got there, then I started, you know, it was hard for me to leave the United States at the time, losing friends and school and everything that was going on. Yeah. So when I got to uh, Belgium, I became a little bit more rebellious about that, that I didn't want to go back to school. There was nobody, I didn't speak the language at the time. Right. You know, so uh, I was like, I got nothing to learn. I got nothing to do over there. I can't speak to anybody. Yep. So my father told me, what you want to do? I was like, listen, teach me the family business. So he stuck with my cousin at the time. He had a jewelry store. So I started working there. Right. And um, then uh, my father opened up his uh, business and I started working for him, saved up some money. When I was ready to buy a car, I was like about 17 and a half. And I was looking to some, you know, Japanese cars. Uh, at the time, it was like a 90, 1991 Supra. RX-7, I was really into them too. I was said it was more affordable. But yep. my heart was really towards a Porsche. So when we started looking around and uh, we saw a 944 that really caught my eye. Uh, so my father said, is this the one that you want? I was like, it is. And it is also my budget. At the time, I saved up about 500,000 francs, which is around 15,000 US dollars at the time. Okay. And my father said, that's what you really want you get it. So that's when I got it. I bought it the same day and then uh, two days later, I went to pick it up and drove it back home. So was it... I'll never forget that car.
0: How old was the car when you bought it? Was it a new car? Uh, No,
1: no. no, It was a used car. It was a 1986 uh, 944 NA, naturally aspirated, the 2.5. Yep, It had like 165 horsepower, that car, but it felt to me like it was like a thousand horsepower
0: at a time. <laughs> <in between. laughs> so that's that's a pretty cool story. You're living in Belgium. You know what I mean? You've yes. you've got your first car. Your first car's a Porsche and you're in you're in Europe as well. You're in, you know, Antwerp. You're in, you know, you've got great roads around you. How was that how was that experience, having that as your first car?
1: Um it was an amazing experience. I mean I had a lot of fun while I lived there. I lived there close to uh, I'm gonna say about eight, nine years I lived there. So uh that car gave me so much joy, so much freedom, and I saw so much because of that car because I was able to travel so much with it everywhere, yes. uh, either for business or for fun. Um, it was amazing I, I can't really um, express the words that, what kind of feeling I had when I had that car, and you know the 944s had that big roof that they could have opened up yeah uh, stick it to the back boot and windows down you know when you're young windows down fantastic blasting yeah roof
0: roof, roof down yeah yeah, it
1: was an amazing
0: feeling amazing so you know you said you saved a lot of money you know you worked hard you saved the money how was the ownership experience of that 944 because that's a pretty memorable car right it's your first Porsche um you know you had the poster you get a 944 we all love the 994 the lights and everything the front the shape the back how was it as as a you know, quite still quite young in your seven, you know, late teens and into your twenties. Was it an expensive car to own?
1: Uh, at the time, it was not that expensive uh, to own that car. You could have taken it almost to any mechanic to get you know oil change done and uh, and uh, you know get the servicing done on it. Uh, I used to take it in uh, in Antwerp. There used to be this mechanic by the name of Abbas. I would never forget him. He did me so many favors. Um, so he used to do my oil changes, spark plugs, belt. Uh, tensioner pulleys on it, uh, whatever the car needed. He uh, was the one that I was go-to. And it was not that, that much money at the time. The only thing that cost me money on that car was uh, when I had to get the gearbox rebuilt. Right. Uh, I stripped off the second gear, uh, so I had to get that rebuilt. Uh, I had to go to some uh, Porsche specialist. Uh, I can't remember his name, but I can't remember his uh, shop, the name of his shop. Right. Uh, probably he's well-known over there, um, so that was the most expensive thing that I ever spent on that car. That cost me about 100,000 francs at the time, uh which I want to say was about $3,000 to get that job done. But for the rest it was which is
0: quite a lot at the time. Yeah, at the
1: time yeah, you can say it was a lot of money. Uh but still for for the for the time that I had the car, I had the car for about 5 years, 6 years. Um I enjoyed every minute of it. It really was not that much of a headache or that much of uh of a nuisance to own it. It was basically bulletproof. I went almost everywhere with it, all over Germany, uh, Switzerland, Italy, um, Netherlands, France. Fantastic! Uh, in, I was even in London with it. <laughs> really? Times.
0: How was that? I bet yes. it was better. I bet it was driving the roads better to drive the jo- roads in Germany than drive the roads in London. That's for sure.
1: Yes, it was kind of confusing at the first when I got there. When I got there first, and when you get off the ferry and um, you're heading out. Yeah. towards uh, towards the roads you know you i'm used to getting on the right hand side yeah. of the road to start driving over you know, there drive on the left so i almost hit a car just coming out because <laughs> really? i was on the road side of the road yeah
0: it's hard yeah, to so that's when i
1: realized it. i was like oh i gotta drive the other way so yeah
0: it was it was great so gary you know your first your first porsche you've you've driven it into so many different countries that everyone wants to drive their porsche to you know you've even come to the uk how do you match that then? So is this the start? Is this the start of the, 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 of the passion? This is the start of the, this is the start of the Porsche journey, right? You you know, this, this is going to get you into into your next car. Is the next car a Porsche once you sell this?
1: Um, I held on to this one for a while. Uh, after that I had, I was getting to BMWs.
0: Okay. Uh, I
2: had
1: a BMW 850 manual at the time. Wow. Nice. Uh, at the age of 19, I had that, uh, I had a 535 manual. Uh, what other BMWs I had? I had a 730 V8, which was very, very rare at the time. It was a very hard car to get. The 730 V8
0: engine. I'm not even sure what that is. Um, what is that one?
1: To get the V8, you had to get either the 740, Or right. to get the 740 at the time, and the V12 was the 750. Oh, okay. okay. And they had a, they had like a period where they had uh, this, they made a 730 a smaller engine, but a V8, which oh, okay. had a lot of low down torque. Uh, which was a lot of fun to drive. It was more like a family car. Right. But I really enjoyed it, driving around uh, in that car. It was not, uh, you know, it was, at the time, it was not that expensive to own it because it was a V8 because nobody wanted to pay the road tax on, uh, on these kind of cars. <laughs> right. So they were letting them go for almost nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: you were getting a practically almost a brand new car for nothing. So it was well worth to have.
0: Yeah, you've gone through a few BMWs. I mean, you know from past owner stories, you know, the trend with, uh, you know, Porsche owners, guys have been on owner stories a lot of people have owned BMs. A lot of people have owned the M five or the M three or even just yes. you know SUV BMWs. BMW and Porsche, there seems to be, you know, German cars, people own it. So you're into the you're into the BMW phase. You're buying good ones. You're buying manuals. I mean the eight series in the manual, you know, you got some great ones. Do you do you stick with the BMWs for some time? How long did that phase last?
1: Uh, that lasted for about I wanna say two years, three years that lasted to me. That I got into the BMW phase, um, but I never let go of my 944 at the time. Oh, okay. Actually, the, the 944, when I let it go, I let it go to my uncle. He bought it off for me. Right. Uh, that's who I got my 850 from uh, earlier. Right. I bought it off my uncle, uh, but then I ended up buying the 944 back from him because I missed it that much. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Enter. laughs> I ended up buying it off for him back.
0: I hope he sold it to you for a good price
1: uh yeah but whatever he paid for it that's what i gave him back <laughs> really? like, Here's your oh, money good. back after a few months after like six seven months i was like here's your money back please let me have my car back he's like of course take it back no problem
0: all right so you had the bmws you know, when does the next when does the next uh let's call it memorable or the one you regret selling when's the next porsche come that you that that comes to mind
1: the next one was i had a, a 928 gt
2: Okay. Wow, that was nice. also
1: uh, automatic. Yeah. Uh, it was really hard to get those in manual at the time. Uh, that was the next one I had. Uh, then it was another 944 uh, okay. two. Those come with the three with the four three O engine.
0: Yeah, bigger engine. Yeah. Uh,
1: yes, um, and then after that I stopped. Sorry, Gary. Yeah. Was
0: that market? Was that a lot different to the to your first nine four four? How was this experience yes. between the nine four four and the 944 two? Is it heavier the S two?
1: Uh, no, it's not heavier. It just has a much different engine. So the the it comes with a 218 horsepower engine instead of a 165 on the S2s, and you get the 3.0 four cylinder, which gives you a lot more torque, and um, it just felt a lot more uh, more planted and more. It gave you that that motion that you really needed from a regular 944. You know, right. Once you get used to the 944, it's not that fast at all. You know, you were getting beat by 205 GTIs left and right, by Volkswagen Mark II GTIs. They were very competitive with it. Um, but the 944 is uh, a big step up okay. from a regular... The S2 was a big step up from the regular
0: 944. So anyone that's listening is looking for a 944. You think that someone should really push it and, just, and try and get an S2 if there's one available?
1: Uh, yeah. S2 is, I think it hits really a a sweet spot. I mean, compared to the turbos, yeah, the turbos is faster, which I own turbos, uh, later on, but the S the S2 is, uh, I think it's a, it's a great car. It's a sweet spot on the nine four four. Well balanced, plenty of speed, plenty of power. And it just looks also real nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. All right. So you got the, so you had a 944 S2. Let's, let's go through the others and let's stop at the ones that you, that you've, that you kind of regret. So you had the 944 S2. What comes after that?
1: Um, after that, we, I moved back to the United States, and that's when I ended up getting in Vermont. I bought uh, a 944 Turbo that I okay. found up there. It was a gray 944 Turbo. Uh, it was a 1986 as well. Uh, so that really changed my style of thinking about the 944 because that really had a lot of power compared to the S2. Yeah. Especially once that boost kicks in. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, that one, I blew the turbo on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and I never ended up fixing it. Yeah. I mean, for the money that I bought that car at the time that they were going for, yeah, you know, to fix the turbo was just as much as paying for another 944 turbo. So it was not worth it.
0: This is when the prices were low, right? This is going back a bit. Yeah. So the prices were quite low.
1: Yes, that was back in 1998. I bought that car, and I paid Not for indeed. that car twenty five hundred dollars.
0: Wow! I paid okay. for it. They've gone yes. up a lot since then. Um, <laughs> a lot, a lot more than that. All right, so you, you're really loving the nine four four, then, aren't you? You had the two in Europe, you had the two in Belgium, and yes. then you've got the one in the states. So you, you know, that one's that one's no longer drivable. You you sell it. You manage to sell it with the with the. Uh, I turbo? sold
1: it for. I sold it for parts. Okay. I sold it for parts. Um, and then after that, um, it was a few years later that I ended up getting another 944 Turbo. It was a blue one with the beige interior. Okay. After that, a really nice one. It
0: had sports seats. Sorry, Gary. How many years after the, the first one? You said the first one was 98. So how many years have passed before you get the next one? 98, yeah.
1: Uh, the next one I bought, it was 2005. Okay. 2004. No, 2004. 2004. That was the next one I bought it, the 944 Turbo. It was a blue with the beige interior. Uh It had um sports seats, which was really rare to get at the time on those cars. Yep. Uh It was a great-looking car, great car. I regret letting that one go, actually. I sold that one cheap even at the time.
0: So the Turbo really stood out to you then. The Turbo, after having that first Turbo, you really just wanted to get into another one. You weren't looking... Because I'm wondering where the 911s come in, right? Because you're still not looking at a 911, are you? You're buying the 944s. You're buying the transaxles. So was there a reason at the time that you didn't look at 911s? Was it just price or you preferred the 944?
1: Uh, no, it was not the price, actually. To tell you the truth, at the time when you were buying these cars, um, yeah, they were pretty cheap to buy at the time. But the 911s were not that expensive. I mean, my friends owned 911s. And I remember when the 964s, they were gone for practically almost nothing compared right. to today's market. Um, I really liked them, but I just didn't feel like it would, you know, I was younger and I didn't feel like it would give me the, the, the pleasure of driving. You know, I didn't appreciate the pleasure of driving the 964 or an earlier 911 at the time. Because right. I really got into the transactional, the, the transaxle yeah. um, Porsches uh, after owning a 944, 928, S2, the Turbo, I really liked them a lot and I liked the way they drove. And I used to do autocrossing also at the time. Okay. So they used to be uh, great cars to autocross uh, for the balance, the 50 50 balance that they were carrying. Uh, It was just a lot of fun. And uh, the 944 Turbo at the time was also much faster than the 911, 964.
2: Yeah, true. True.
1: You know, so. uh, So that was the deciding factor yes you know the speed, speed. The, ba- the balance <laughs> the speed and the balance that's what i was looking for at the time
0: all right so you got the you got your second 944 turbo um you really enjoy the transaxles so what comes after that is it still porsche or is it something else
1: yes it was still another uh, after that i still had while i had the turbo i still had two other 944s that i bought i oh, bought okay. another 944s2 for my friend right uh he was leaving united states he was going back to belgium Right. So he's like, I got nothing to do with this car. He's like, give me $2,000, you can have it. I was like, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I was like, no problem, I'll take it off your hands. Uh, it was a white S2.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: and then I had another black uh, regular 944 NA also at the time. So those three I had at the same time. I had those three 944s.
0: Wow, so you really, you really are passionate about the 944, aren't you? So you... You must have a lot of knowledge about these cars. I mean, if anyone's looking for a 944, you can pretty much tell them what what you should look for then, because you've owned so many of them.
1: Yeah, I've owned a lot of them, but uh, I never, uh, you know, I, I know the the mechanics of it and what needs to be maintained on them, but I never worked on them myself.
0: Is there is there one thing with the 944 across the 944s that you think if people are, if people are looking to buy one now, that they should be aware of, is there one sort of common issue with the nine four four?
1: I mean, just gonna look at the uh, that the timing belts and the tensioner pulleys were done. Right, uh, that's those things known to fail on it. Um, and basically, that's it. They're pretty much bulletproof cars, just like the nine six eights. Yeah, they're pretty much bulletproof. You can drive them, beat on them all day long, and they take it.
0: Okay, so you've got you've got three nine four fours. You've got the standard. You've got the S2, and you've got a, a turbo. And you're living in the, you're living in the US. You've got space wherever you're living. You've got space to park all these cars and keep all these cars. You're not you're not living in in Brooklyn. You're not living in the center of the city. No,
1: what, I mean, at the time I was not living in the center of the city.
0: So what do you do then? Do you do you decide to sell one of the nine and get something else? What, how does the collection change after that after that point? Uh,
1: after that point, my um um, my taste has changed a little bit since I wanted to get it. It was the old, uh, JDM type of cars. Okay. So I said, you know what? I've had a lot of 944s and a lot of Porsches at this time. Let me try something else. Uh, I ended up getting a Toyota MR2, a 1991 okay. MR2, uh, which I'd done up for, um, autocrossing. Um, so I had that car for a while and then I had after the
0: MR2, What
1: else did I have after the MR2? I can't even recall after the MR2 because I had that car for a while too.
0: Did you have, but you didn't have the 944s when you had the MR2? Uh, No, I got rid of all three of them because I needed
1: the space. All I had was a one-car garage and I was leaving the other two parked always outside. So it was kind of hard, even though I had a, we had like a townhouse at the time. So all I had was a one-car garage and a small, like a half driveway. So my other cars were parked always outside. Only, only the turbo would have been parked inside.
0: Right, the MR2 is a pretty popular car, though, wasn't it? It was very—I mean, it's popular now, but it was popular then too. I remember when they when they came out, and they were very. I had a friend that had one. I forget which model he had, but it, it was a it was a pretty nice looking car at the time.
1: Yeah, they're they're great cars. I have to admit, I had the coupe, and um, I had the MR2 coupe, and I had the three SGT engine in it, right? Three uh, SGE engine, the Japanese engine wow. in it. Uh, instead of the 180 horsepower, the American engine, the Japanese one had 200 and the have those a little bit higher. Yeah. It was a pretty fast car. Um, the,
2: they're pretty light, very light,
1: Yeah, very light. And I stripped it even down more. So mine was weighing around <laughs> 2,300 pounds.
2: Okay. Sounds 2,300
1: pounds with 200 horsepower was a great, uh, it was a great balance on the car. Yeah. Uh, it was um the thing is like i needed the uh, i had to install like a gritty front lip on it right because when we we're going on speeds on a highway the nose will lift really high Oh really? So you, you felt like you got going up into the sky oh, no. if you're wow. doing anything over 100 miles an hour with that car that's how light it was
0: wow so you had to get some downforce you had to bring it back down
1: yeah i had to i had to get some downforce to bring it down that was the only way to drive it over 100 miles an hour
0: right wow wow okay so you got the mr2 You've had, all the, you've had all the 944s all the, and the 928, the transactionals. What happens after the MR2? How You keep that for a couple of years. You're doing autocross. You're, I, you know, you're improving your autocross skills. When does the next Porsche come along?
1: Uh, the next one came along once we actually moved to Brooklyn. Okay. That's when the next one came along uh, because, you know, life takes over. You get married. You have kids. There's not really much that you can uh, put aside to start buying Porsches again. Even though they were uh, cheap at the time, there was, was not a feasible way that I'm going to park portions right now in the middle of the street in Brooklyn. Yeah, true. And we moved there. So um, once we moved to a building that had outside parking, uh, they had like their own secured outside parking. That's when I started buying up again. And the next one that came along was uh, 968.
0: 968. So transaxle again. Yes. Nice car.
1: The Transaxle again, yes. The nine six eight convertible, I bought that one, uh, and that's um, yeah, that's the one that came afterwards. Was uh, that after uh, the... ma-
0: sorry, Gary? Was that a manual?
1: Manual, yes, yes. Um all my nine eleven, all my nine eleven or the nine and the nine were all manual. Right. The only automatic I had was the nine twenty eight GT. Right. That was the only one automatic that I yeah. had.
0: Because they're quite rare and hard to get in manual, like you said. Even 928's, to get a 928s, in general are a bit hard to get a manual, aren't they? Um, weren't most of them specced in auto? I think most of them were. Seems like a lot more autos in the 928.
1: Yes. Uh, a lot of people that got those cars got them in automatic because it was more of a GT car.
0: You know, you yeah, had true. a big
1: heavy V8 in the front. And yeah, the, cruising that, car. Those are like cruising and like we call them like a mile muncher. Like it heats up miles. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Just put your foot down and just go.
0: Okay, so the nine six eight, what what color was it? What were the what, what did it come with? Just tell the listeners briefly.
1: Um, that was an aventurine uh, green. Oh, nice. Aventurine color with a gray interior. Yeah. It was a convertible. Uh, U.S. car, uh, and you know the U.S. cars they don't come with the back seats. Okay. But you can't install back seats in it with the seat belts because they have it uh, pre-drilled. It just covered with a shelf. So once you take that shelf out. Then you can install the seats because that I when I got the car, I had to install the seats so my kids could sit in the back.
0: Okay. So what was the reasoning why they didn't come with the seats in the US?
1: Uh, I really don't know what was the reasoning behind that. Because Canada received them with seats and Europe received them with seats, but Safety the US received them with the shelf. Wow. I guess because the only seats you could have had in that car was the lap seat uh, seat belts. Right. That was the only seat belts you were allowed to have at the time. And I think the US, you needed to have the the over the shoulder seat belt in the yeah. back. Yes. And you were not able to get that on the 968s uh, convertibles at the
0: time. I mean, I've mentioned it in a previous podcast. I, I, I mean, I saw one come up for sale in Sydney at the where I take my Porsche, you know, and, and they had a 968 manual. And I think the 968 is a, is a, it's a nice shape in, in, the, in the cabriolet, in the convertible. It's got a nice side view. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it does. It does. It has really nice, nice, clean lines. Uh, I like the, the the face of it too. It looks somewhat like a nine four four matched in with a nine two eight. Yeah, with those pop up headlights. Yeah, it does look really nice. I regret selling that one. I think uh, that's like my second one that I regret really selling because my kid helped me to work on it.
0: Oh really? But the first yes. one was the nine four four turbo, right? That was the one you regretted. The
1: yeah second the turbo
0: that you had, the one that didn't blow the the turbo. That one, second one was yep, the most correct. All right, so that was that was the one I regret the most. Let's let's talk about a little bit about the driving experience because I know the listeners are probably saying ask the question, but the difference, the difference between a nine four four to drive a nine four four and to drive a nine six eight is the nine four four a better car to drive? Is it a better experience? What what is the difference you see when you drive when you're driving those two cars from your memory?
1: The nine four four, I mean, like when you take the regular nine four four, the NA, the 25, compared to a three zero. I mean, they both drive basically almost the same. It's just the 968 has uh, more power and it feels more planted. Okay. That's all it is. But they're both the same. I mean, driving characteristics, I would say they're the same. Right. They're pretty much the same way. Uh, the only difference you're going to feel is in the turbo, if you okay. want to compare those. That, that's the one that really feels the difference.
0: So why do you think it is, Gary, that... the that- the 944 sort of still overshadows the 968, doesn't it? The 944 is still the one that people will look at first. It seems to be. Do you think that's true?
1: Uh, it is true because, first of all, it was manufactured for a lot longer.
0: Right. Uh, the 968,
1: I think, was manufactured for what? Produced for, two, for three, four years, if I'm not mistaken, from 1993?
0: to yeah. Yeah, that's correct.
1: And 95, that was... Actually, a lot of '95s, a lot of people don't know that, but a lot of '95s were actually '94s that would win for '95 <sighs> really? because they couldn't sell them; they were oh, too expensive okay. at the time. Right. They couldn't sell them.
0: Okay, so the '968, how long was that in your garage for?
1: Uh, the '968, I held on to that one for about, I want to say, a year.
0: Okay, and yeah, I had so that got, one for about a year. So not very long. That's not a long time to own a to a Porsche, is it? Was, what was the reason why you moved that one on?
1: I moved that one on because I wanted to get um, another another car, another, um, you know, at the time I got an S4, I had a brand new S4, at the time when I had eight, uh I freshly acquired uh, a 9, uh, a G body, a 911 also, uh 1985, a 3.2, Targa. Oh.
0: Okay, so your first 911.
1: Yeah, that was my first 911.
0: So it's a Targa, G-Body Targa. Tell the listeners about that car.
1: Uh, That car, I found it actually a friend of a friend came to him, uh, a guy that was working with me together. So his friend told him, listen, one of my friends, his father has a 911 sitting in the garage. Now he's probably looking to move because my friend is getting married. Right. So then my friend tells me, he knows I'm into Porsches, so he tells me, Gary, there's this guy. His father wants to move a 911. Are you interested? I was like, okay, uh, can we go see the car? He's like, okay, let me get uh, in touch with him and I'll let you know when you're able to get it, to go and see it. So uh, about a month passes by. I don't hear nothing. Not from my friend, not from the owner of that car. Um, Then all of a sudden my friend comes to me. Okay, he's back. He was in Florida. You can go tomorrow and see the car. Sounds great. I go, I see the car. Beautiful, Mike. When I tell you beautiful, it looked like it was still in the showroom. That's how beautiful that car was. Sitting inside the garage with a cover on it. And none of those, you know, uh, thin, uh, cheap covers. Nice, thick, plush cover on it. He lifts it. And I see that shiny red paint with the fook wheels. And I was like, man. I look at it. 48,000 original miles. Wow. Original registration since 1998 is on the car. Right. That's how long that car has been sitting inside the garage. Since 1998. And I asked him, I was like, I'm not going to start this car since it's been sitting for so long because I don't want to mess up anything. Yeah. But when you put it in here, did it drive? He says, yes. I was like, all right. So he tells me a price. So I tell him, you know, we start talking. We start talking about it. What was the reason he parked it? He said that he had a bad knee. He had to get a knee surgery. And since then, he couldn't really drive it. Right. Um, so that's why he ended up parking it. I was like, so what's the reason he's selling it? He's like, oh, my son is getting married. So I need the money to, you know, for the wedding and um, you know, to, for my son. To just let him start a new life with his wife. Yep. He's like, okay. So I was like, so how much are you asking for it? So he gave me his price and I just shook hands on it. Fantastic. I was like, "I'll take it. I take it." I called my uh, my brother. My brother, I told him, "Listen, I need uh, I need money right now. I need you to go home, (laughs) (laughs) go to my house, get me money, and bring it to me. I'm right here." Okay. And I called up a tow truck and closed off the street so we can take the car out of the garage. it out.
0: So you took precautions. You didn't want to drive the car like you said because it hadn't been started in such a long time. So what did you do with that car, Gary? You 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 got the tow truck. You took it. So you took it to your Porsche specialist, or you took it to just a general mechanic? How did you go through the process then of getting this car back on the road after so many years of not of it just being sat and stored?
1: The same night that we took it out of the garage, uh, put on the tow truck, the tow truck driver took it to my friend. He's a Porsche specialist in Ohio. So we sent the car right there that night. The next morning, um, they changed the fuel rail, the the fuel line. Drained the old fuel from the tank. Yes. Uh, Oil change. uh, Ran through it, and you know, filled it back up with gas. Um, Started up on the first start. That's it. Done. The car was working perfect.
0: So when they they... they sent
1: me a video of it right away,
0: really? So everything was fine. So they they checked through the car. There was no other issues with the car at all. It was all perfect. Nothing. Fantastic. Nothing.
1: The whole car was perfect. He just told me you only need to just you know replace the brakes, the brake pads. Uh, the tires are very old, yeah. uh, but the engine-wise, it was very healthy. He sent me a video of it when he started up on the first time. Great. Uh, he said, you know, thumbs up. It's all good. Uh, you're good to go. Just change the tires, the pads,
0: you know, um, and that's it. Okay. so and now you
1: I ended up getting it done.
0: So now you've got your G-Series Targa. You've got a 911. It's your first 911. You've been so immersed in the transaxle, you know, from 928s, 944s, 944 turbos, 968s. Now you've got a 911. Was it, how did it compare? And was it all that you thought it was going to be? Or were you still thinking, "Mm, I actually like the transaxles better?
1: Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to put it like this. The transaxles have a different way of driving the 911 G body. I actually appreciated more because I was a little bit older already when I got it. Yep. So I really appreciated it, the way it drove and what what it stood for already. So I really enjoyed driving that car. Um, the sound, the mechanical sound of it, the mechanical feel of it. It was a great car to own and to have.
0: Fantastic. 911, I don't know what number we're up to. I've lost count. You've had quite a lot (laughs) of Porsches. (laughs) There's a lot there. Yes. What follows? Let's keep going. Let's get get to your current cars. But what follows after that, Gary?
1: After that one, uh, I got another 911, a 964 convertible that I picked up in Pittsburgh, PA. Okay. That's the one I got there, C4, a C4 convertible, also manual.
0: Now, did you want another, did you want the convertible or that was, were you looking for a convertible or just a very good example came up and you thought, you know, I, like, I still like the convertible?
1: Uh, a good example came up. Uh, actually, that's what happened. I was just scrolling through Facebook Marketplace yep. and uh, a, good, a good example came up. I contacted the person right away. I was like, is this available? He says, yes. And uh, it was in uh, March, early March, at the time. And I told him, "Can I come tomorrow and see the car?" He's like, "Oh, by us, it's snowing. I don't recommend you coming out." Yep. Um, and I was kind of scared because the price was so good that I'm gonna lose out on, on it. So I was right. like, I was very persistent. Like, I would, you know, don't worry about me driving out to you. I can make it, you know. Uh, i'll get to you don't worry about it
0: <laughs> you don't want to miss out
1: <laughs> so uh, i yes yeah, so i didn't want to miss out on it so uh i went the next day i seen it um and i bought it on the spot you know i loved it
0: so the g series is gone at this point
1: uh no i still had the g series at the time and then that's when the prices of the g series started going up a little bit and i uh through a f- uh, facebook page that i was uh, a part of I received uh, an offer from, uh, from one of the guys there right. on the car. Listen, if you're selling, I'll give you this much for it. Right. Uh, you know, at first I thought of it, I thought nothing of it. But the guy was really serious about it. And he told me, listen, you tell me yes, and I'm coming to you Tuesday, I'll be by. You.
0: So it was, a good, it was so a good offer. It was a good offer you couldn't resist, really.
1: Yes, it was such a good offer I couldn't resist. And the guy really came down Tuesday morning from Texas yeah. with the money. He's like, here's the money. Yep. I'm really serious. I want to take it. He came. He saw the car. He's like, it's exactly like you posted it. <laughs> that the car is that like you found it and you did this, you did that because yep. he did follow it. And um, yeah, he just paid me, and then I took the plates off the car, uh, put it in the driveway. The tow truck came uh, two days later to pick it up, and off to Houston, Texas it went.
0: Okay, I have to say then, is that a regret? Is that one of the regret cars that you, you wish you would have kept? Um, no, no, no? I,
1: didn't, I didn't have it for that long for me to regret it. You know, I didn't have it for that long to, uh, to regret it. Okay. So I don't really regret selling that. Let somebody else enjoy it. Why not?
0: Okay, so you move the Targa on. You've got the new 964 Cabriolet. <clears throat> um, you enjoyed that car? It was a good car? The
1: 964 was a great car, yes. That's actually one of, That was one of my wife's uh, favorite ones. Uh, It was the first Cabriolet that we had compared to the Target, which is a little bit different. Uh, It was the first convertible that we had. Uh, My wife really enjoyed us having that because I normally had a lot of Coupes. Uh, The 968 was a convertible, but uh, it was not something that, you know, she liked. She's like, I'm not that crazy about it. You know, she didn't really like it that much. But when I got the 911, she loved it. Okay. She loved that car and I really
0: enjoyed it too. So... Ownership, ownership experience of a nine six four, reliable car.
1: At the uh, for time. me, it was really reliable. Uh, yes, the only thing uh, that had to get done on that car was uh, a little patch on the on the top. It had a little rip, so that was the only thing I had to get done. So what we ended up doing is just stitching it back together instead of patching it. Oh, okay. And because I was not going to take it out in the rain or in the snow anyway. So I, I didn't mind having a little, you know, it, it looked like a little, sc- a little scar right,
2: on, right. The, on and the
1: thing. That was so, it. But for the rest, the car was maintained perfectly. It had 57,000 original miles at the time, wow. uh, fully serv- full service records. Um, it needed nothing. You had the clutch done, uh, service was maintained, the axles were maintained because you know, it was a C4. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: it gave me no headaches whatsoever. The only thing that, uh, that I had to get uh, on the car was a new DME because that's okay. one of the things on those cars. You always got to carry an extra one in the glove box.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, so the 964, 964 Cabriolet, where, how far are we away from your current cars then? So what comes after the, after the 964? Uh,
1: after the 964, actually, while I had the 964, I got the 996 already. That was uh, four years ago already. Your current car? My current
0: one, yes. All right, so let's, let's get into that and let's tell the listeners because you've still got that car. So it's a 996. Just tell the listeners the, the year and, and the options and everything that it had. And how did you find that car, Gary? Um,
1: it's a 1999 996 C2 Coupe. Um, I found it actually on Craigslist. I was browsing Craigslist and I stumbled upon it in Albany. I uh, only had like three pictures on, on the for sales, uh, for sale ad. So I reached out to the owner. I was like, do you have any more pictures of it? Here's my phone number. You can text me a video or some more pictures. Uh, the next day he sends me a video of it in the garage. And I said, okay, is it possible to come and see the car? I says, yes. I go and I see it. I open up the hood, looking it up on the, on the sticker for the options. Yeah, uh, there was one code that I was looking for because I know it's really hard to get on these kind of under ninety yeah. nines. Was a two twenty code. Yep. I wanted the limited slip on it.
0: Limited slip, yeah. And
1: yes. So as the owner, he says, "I don't know." So I open up the hood. I see a two twenty. I was like, "Okay, now I want this car." <laughs> so it did, it does come with a limited slip, a full leather package. Yep. So it's got the fully extended leather on the door cards, on the dash, right. which gives it a really nice touch compared to the other 996s that I've seen.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it does
1: look a lot better. Uh, it comes with the uh, BBS, um, I guess is the MK1 GT3 wheels. Yes. That's what you call it, like, I guess, in Europe. It came with that. Um, all factory options. It does have some other exclusive options on the car, like the shifter, uh, the handbrake, uh, the door seals that I have are stainless steel door seals on it, not the plastic ones, um, and the 221.
0: Sorry, Gary. I mean, I'll let everyone Everyone should go and have a look at Gary's Instagram, actually, while we're talking. It's P996 underscore 997, P996 underscore 997. Go and have a look at Gary's Instagram. Um, you'll see the red 996 on there. That's a really well-specced, and I'm looking at a picture here at the moment, the one you took under the um, Brooklyn Bridge. Um, yes. And... You know those wheels, favorite wheels on the on the 996. Like you said, they're they're an expensive wheel, right? They were an expensive option, I think. Um, and and like you said, the the LSD, the limited slip diff, diff on those cars, it wasn't something that everyone picked. It, it seems like whoever bought that car knew did really uh, did really think about it, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I guess whoever spec'd out that, that car uh, really was thinking about uh, the performance of the car and what it needed because yeah. not a lot of 996s you find with limited slip. Uh, especially in 99s and i know the later ones you couldn't even get it as an option
0: yeah exactly exactly um so what about the so what other options what so that you've still got this car so like i said you've had this car for four years you said right so this is quite a long time for you because you usually move your cars a little bit quicker than that so there must be something yeah. really special about this car i just want to get on before i get onto that actually because i forgot to ask you the aero kit it's got an aero kit or it well, that's something you've added later um, on
1: no that was also uh, one of those exclusive uh, options that came on the car it comes with the arrow kit two wing yeah and the side skirts but no air no arrow kit front bumper
0: okay is that I'm looking at another picture on your Instagram just while we're talking but that Aero kit wing on the rear. Is that a different shape? Are there two different shapes that come on the Aero kit wing? Because that looks like a slightly different shape to me, that wing.
1: Yes, that wing is the Aero 2. It's called the Aero 2. Right. That's not the taco wing that you used to see uh, like on GT3. That's right. Okay, okay. That's the Aero 2 wing.
0: It's quite nice though, huh?
1: Yeah, I like it. I like, it's, it's a little bit understated. It, it doesn't scream too much like my other one <laughs> when you get onto the street.
0: Yeah, it works but, with the uh, red I like too. The it looks. Yeah, it works it well works with the with red.
1: correctly, yes. It does work with it nicely. With
0: the wheels as well. Yeah, with the wheels and with the red. Um, that, that image you've got under the Brooklyn Bridge, though, it's a really nice stance to it. It looks really good. Is it slightly lowered?
1: Uh, yes, it is lowered on H&R uh, lowering springs. That's the only thing that I did to it so far as uh, modification uh, on the car. I just lowered it a little bit to give it a nicer stance, and uh, I gave it spaces, 15-millimeter spaces all around. To push the i want to keep the oem wheels but just make them more flush yeah it looks the good
0: is there a reason why um gary h&r springs you know there's always a debate about bilstein's kw h&r is there a reason why you went with h&r
1: i just wanted to get lowered i didn't want to go um you know coilovers on the car yet because i was not sure what i was going to do with it if i'm going to go track yeah or autocross or anything so uh, after I got that one, um I was not really doing auto crossing or track anymore, so I didn't feel the need for any coilovers. So yep. I thought the h one r would work just fine uh, for the money that I'm gonna spend on it, okay, and it's gonna give me the look that I'm looking for
0: yeah, it definitely looks better with that little bit of uh, a little bit little bit lower to the ground, especially with the um yes. side skirts as well, which even accentuated even more so what about the sound? Let's talk about the sound. We always like talking about the sound. This is your current car. Does it have? Does it have an exhaust modification? Did it, does it have a different exhaust, or is just stock standard?
1: Stock standard.
0: And that's stock, a, really.
1: Yes, I haven't done anything to the exhaust yet because um, <laughs> I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm tossing about uh, getting a uh, either fester or Fab Speed. Um, but the thing is, like, uh, I like the induction noise that it has. Believe it or not, this 99 996s, yep. the reason that I got it already for four years, that normally, like you said, I move my cars a lot faster than that, uh, I really enjoy driving it. It's okay. giving me, uh, it's reminiscing a little bit of the 964, yeah, and, and it's giving me a little bit of, you know, that 964, 99, because I drove a 993, I drove 964s, you know, I drove also a new GT3s. Uh, it's giving me that balancing between of the air cooled and the water cooled without too many mechanics without too many driver aids simple pure um, you know you, you, you're driving it and you really got to be in the moment also to drive it
0: fantastic that's what um, I enjoy about it it's a, ni- it's a nice looking 996 and I'm not a huge fan of red cars but I think that 996 in the red actually does it does work really really well especially with that wing that aerokit 2 wing it looks, looks good So, reliability-wise, we always like to talk about the nine nine six and reliability. Have you had any major issues with the car since you've owned it?
1: Uh, The only thing that I had was the the solenoids went bad after I bought it. When I after I bought it, um, the solenoids went bad, so I had to get that done. So while I was in there getting that done, I got the plugs done, uh, the solenoids. I got the ECU rebuilt, so it, it doesn't need to be. You know, it won't affect it anymore. Uh, that was about a $3,800 job that I got done on that. Okay, so big job, but since then, nothing fantastic. Since Then, nothing, it has been bulletproof since then. All I did was recently put brand new tires on it. Uh, I did that. I bought right now suspension that I want to change on it. That's already, you know, my option to do it, it doesn't really need it, right? Something that I want to get done. Uh, I bought a shifter from a 997, okay, that I'm going to change out the whole shifter assembly to make it, you know, more. Uh, if it's gonna feel a little bit tighter, like my my current nine nine seven,
0: yeah, because the nine nine six um, has quite a long throw, doesn't it? It's a longer throw than yes, the nine nine seven. Yeah, it does. So what does. kit did you Any buy?
1: Comp- uh, just I didn't I didn't buy a kit. I bought like the whole uh nine nine seven assembly, shifted assembly. Okay, that you can just swap out and put you know put that directly bolt in to the 996.
0: Right. Short shifter assembly or just the standard assembly?
1: No, no, just the standard assembly because the 997 assemblies, they come with the metal ball yep. and the metal parts inside. The 996 got a little bit of plasticky parts and then after time they wear down. Okay. Mine is still very good, but it's just, uh, I, I think the non, after driving my 997, it does feel a little bit shorter and tighter. So I would like to have that feel also in the 996.
0: Okay, so you've got the, you've got your, you bought, like you said, you bought your 9964 years ago. At the time, you still had your 968, correct? Uh,
1: 968, yes. And
0: had the 968. I had
1: that and the, nine, and the
0: 964. And the 964. So you had three. Yes. So when does the collection three. start to get smaller? So you've got, you, you still got the 996 now. What, what happened to the other two cars?
1: Uh, the 968, I sold it off uh, because we were planning to buy a house. So I was like, okay. The 9680 was the first time, was one of the earlier ones to come in to the house. Yep. And I was not really driving it that much. Uh, so I was like, I'll move that one along. So I moved that one. Yep. And then the 964, uh, again, I got such a good offer for it that I couldn't resist. Okay. Uh, a guy from San Diego, uh, from the forum, he saw the car and he asked me if I'm willing to sell it. I'll say if the price is right. He gave me an offer. I told him, okay, if you're offering this much and you're serious, why not? Come pick it up. So I couldn't say no to that offer.
0: So that another trend there, you don't seem to you don't really advertise your cars, do you? Because a couple of the cars you've sold are just no. due to the word of mouth on the forums or you posting pictures of your cars and people saying, I really want it, let me know when you're selling it.
1: Yeah. Um one one of the car the the nine six four actually had did have it on Bring the Trailer before this guy contacted me. Right. But it didn't reach uh, you know, uh, it didn't reach the, the reserve. Okay. So when, when, when the buyer contacted me uh, from Bring a Trailer, uh, he said, oh, what was your reserve? And I told him, he's like, oh, it's a little bit too much. Uh, I'll give you, you know, whatever I was bidding for. I was like, yeah, I'd rather keep it. I'm not, I'm not desperate to sell it. Yep. So I'd rather keep it. And then after uh, a month later, this guy contacted me through the forum and he told me, he's like, Listen, I'll give you this much. I asked him right. how much you wanted to give for it they like, I'll give me this much. I was like, okay. If you want to give me that much. Deal done. Come and pick it up. Deal done.
0: Okay. So, 968's gone. 964's gone. You've got your 996. Um, You've got one portion in your garage. What what happens next?
1: What happens next is we start getting the itch. (laughs) (laughs) We start getting the itch. uh, Exactly then uh, COVID hit. Yep. And uh, so, 2020. 2020. Uh, sitting home, uh, looking through Facebook market again, Craigslist, just browsing, not really intending to be buying anything. Uh, so I come across um, uh, a 2012 Aero Kit uh, 997 uh, sitting in a dealer, and I start negotiating with them on it. So I really wanted to buy that car. Yep. And at the time, I was going to refinance my house. So the deal was all done on it. So I told him, you know, you got to wait about a week or 10 days for me to uh, refinance my house so I can take ownership of this car. Yep. Uh, so that, uh, at the end, he had somebody that was willing to pay for it right away. So the deal fell through with me. He didn't want to wait. I said, okay, no problem. So then I started browsing again. And then I come across the current one that I have right now in Chicago. Okay. Uh, it's a 2007 Aero Kit. Uh, factory Arrow Kit 3.6. It had the options: the sport seats, uh, sport seats, sport exhaust, sport shifter, sport steering wheel. Wow! It's got the 19-inch wheels, uh, and you know the the Arrow Kit. So that was the main thing that I wanted. I wanted an aero Kit car. When I found this one,
0: so it's nine nine seven point one, mm-hmm. right? Nine nine seven point one. Point one, correct? Yeah, 2000, 2000, 2007 and seven. Two thousand and seven. Yeah, and it's got a. Um, I like those wheels actually. What are those wheels called? I can never remember the name of those wheels. Uh, Carrera,
1: uh, it's called Carrera Classic.
0: Carrera Classic. Yeah, they're they're a very yes. uh, they're a very nice wheel. They're actually one of my favorite, uh, second favorite wheels to the to the Lobsters. Actually, I really like them. Um, I think they really. Suit I like them. the Lobsters. I yeah. was actually
1: contemplating getting the Lobsters for this one.
0: Yeah, you should do it. Get a second set.
1: I think so, and paint them black. <laughs>
0: black, would oh, great. black would look good. Black would look good. Um, What's the color of the interior of your of your nine nine seven? Tan is it?
1: It's natural. No, it's natural brown.
0: Natural brown.
1: Natural brown. That's what it is. It's like the caramel color.
0: Oh right, an interior. Nice. Nice with the dark. Yeah. Nice with the black. Nice with the black. Yeah, it gives it nice contrast. So you bought that car. So when you buy the cars, and we didn't cover this with the with this car, did you? This is. This is not a friend. This is not someone you know again. It's like, how do you go? How did you go about it? It's in Chicago. You're in the time. Um, in, you're in New Jersey. You're not in. You're not in Brooklyn, right? You're in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, I'm already in New Jersey. Um, I contact the dealer. I contact the dealer. Um, I asked him, "Are you open for PPI for somebody to you know to look at it?" Uh, he said, "Yes, no problem." He recommended somebody also, uh, a person that does PPIs for well-known Porsche dealership in uh, Chicago. Yes. So I contacted the person, I told him, are you, you, know, are you available to go see this car? He says, uh, you know, I'm available whatever certain day it was. I said, okay. He went and looked at it, took pictures of it, gauged it, and he told me some stuff that the car needed. Um, but basically, he said that the car seems, um, you know, mechanically sound. It just, uh, cosmetically needs a little bit of work. Right. Which I was fine with. Um, I don't need something that's, perfect condition because i like driving my cars uh so uh the ppi came out to be that it needed a, a wheel bearing it needed a wheel bearing and um it needed tires uh, the rear tires were a little bit faded
2: okay
1: i said okay that's fine i spoke to a dealer uh, he gave me a little bit of break on it and that's when i ended up getting it then the price was uh, at the time it was great
0: and I think, I think that's what we always talk about PPIs, right? We always talk about you know, giving you the confidence to purchase it, but it's not always about the confidence because when you buy a car that's 2006, 2007 or even older, we always know there's going to be issues, right? There's going to be certain things that need to, to be fixed, you know, like tires, there might be some stone chips, there might be sort of other minor things. But it's that, it's that to use the PPI as a tool, isn't it, Gary? To use it as a tool to get that price down a little bit more um, before you actually purchase it.
1: Well, yes, I, I take it like a tool, but it's also, it was good to have somebody at least to go see it physically and give me a feedback on it. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, once again, the, the wheel bearing is not big money. Uh, two rear tires is not really, you know, a major thing that, that's going to make or break a deal. Yeah. If you really want to buy a car that's so hard to get, especially aero package cars are so hard to get these days. So... Um, it was fair of the dealer to give me the, you know, we split it half, half, whatever okay. we, we uh, you know, whatever the estimate is going to be to get two tires and wheel bearings done. So he gave me that discount, you know, half of the estimate off. I agreed okay. to it. I got it. And it was good. Uh, I don't regret it at all. You know, we flew out to Chicago and drove it back.
0: Yeah, and I'm a fan of PPIs. I mean, I would I would never buy a car without getting an inspection beforehand. You know what I mean? I would never do that because I just need to know. For me, I just need to know everything that's wrong with it. I mean, like you said, you know, some things you can sort of, especially if you can't view the car personally, um, a lot of things you can sort of tick off and not worry about. They're just minor things. And sometimes there might be sort of more serious things that may make you walk away. But most of the time, it's just things that you just have to use to ne- to negotiate, right? But... You know what I really like about your car? And I think you're right. You know, Aero Kit 997s, I really rarely see any of them come up very often. There must have been a must have been a really rare option for people to pick the full Aero Kit. Um, and I really like the front the front of your car. It looks really, really cool. It's not the same as the GT3, though, is it? The Aero Kit on the 997 isn't like a GT3 Aero Kit, is it? Uh, it actually is like a GT3, the 997.1 GT3. It is? It's exactly the same?
1: Yeah, it is the same. Okay. The same wing, the same uh, front bumper. Okay. Uh, and they're very, very hard to come by. And a lot of people spec the aero kit in the S model, not the 3.6, mm. regular base Carrera. Yeah, good so point. that was the one of the things also that drew me to it. That it was really hard to get a 3.6 uh, factory aero kit car. And uh, also the, um, the options that it had, it was really highly spec'd car. I think the MSRP was around $97,000 wow. for this car, new. Yeah, that's a lot. That was pretty high MSRP for uh, 2007,
0: 9-11. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you've had that car now since 2020. Has it been yes, a good experience? Since June 2020. Good experience? Oh
1: uh, Yeah. Yeah, it has been a, a great experience, actually. Uh, um, you know, after I got the wheel bearings done, when I drove it back, I did the wheel bearings right away, did the rear tires, uh, serviced it, you know, oil change, all that. Um, it's been a great experience with it. I did a lot of, uh, you know, uh, drive, drives with friends, uh, some rallies. Um, I did the 911s on 911 or so, 9/11 also, uh, drive to Manhattan with the car. It gets a lot of looks. A lot of people love it when, you know, when you show up the cars and coffee with it. Because uh, everybody first thinks it's a GT3 and when you tell them it's a regular-based Carrera, they're, oh, is this original? Is this factory? Yes. It's like, where'd you find this? <laughs> it does so look I tell really them, yes, it's very bad. hard to get. It looks really they're cool. really hard to get. Especially when you open up with a sport exhaust, it sounds really good.
0: Well, I was going to ask you about that, actually. That was my next question. The sports exhaust, you've got the 997 with the sports exhaust. You haven't bothered to add one to your um, 996. How how different is it? How different is it when you're in the cabin in both cars?
1: Uh, it is a, lot, a big difference. Big difference. Uh, once you turn on the sport exhaust uh, on the 997, um, I mean, you don't get no drone in the car, but you yeah. You just it feels nice to have that sound but, <laughs> when you go into the gears and when you hear that engine rev up yeah. it does. it's a big difference
0: but Gary it, it hasn't just
1: step on the gas but more. it
0: hasn't it hasn't tempted you to get an exhaust for your 996 so there must be something really special about that 996 sound
1: uh, the 996 it gives me uh, like i said before i like the Classic. induction sound that it gives it yeah you know you hear the induction sound inside the cabin and, and i think that The mechanic. I mean, here the mechanicals. You know, that's that's a cable throttle body.
2: Yeah, you know, that
1: has a cable throttle. Yeah, Uh, it's a three-four high revving. uh, It's a three-four high revving uh, engine. Also, it likes to rev high. Yeah, you know, all your power is from four and a half four four and a half thousand rpm to about seventy three hundred rpm. So you really got to push it, and and you get that satisfaction when you when you hear that uh, induction noise coming in. You know, through the cabin. Uh, it doesn't really need exhaust. You know, yep. I don't need everybody hearing me that I'm driving by. But when I'm inside the cabin, I hear the engine working and I'm working with the engine. Oh, that's great. So that's what gives me that satisfaction of driving it.
0: That's great. That's great. Hey, but it looks like you've got a good combination at the moment then with the 996 and the 997. I mean, they look good together. Yes,
1: I think I think for now, I think I hit the sweet spot on them, yeah. uh, especially uh, with these two. Uh, but I guess we'll we'll see where we go after this. I don't even know where I'm going after this one.
0: That's <laughs> the truth. And and also, you know, the best thing about the 996, the 997 you've just purchased, right? But the 996 you've owned it for four years, and 996s, yes. you know, you enjoy the experience, you love the car. That's why you've kept it. It's got nothing to do with value. But even so, the value of the 996s is is growing very very quickly. It's getting going up very 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 quickly.
1: Yeah, I think uh, value wise, I think it like doubled already from what I paid for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, But tell the truth, the 996, I think that one's going to stay really long term with us. It became really a part of the family because we got to meet so many nice people with it when I bought it. Uh, We got to meet so many different people. Got to join the Porsche Club, uh, the PCA in uh, New York with it when I had it because it was crazy. All these Porsches that I had before, I never joined PCA. I never went on drives, never went on rallies. And all of a sudden I got the 996 and my wife was like, yeah, why don't, we, why don't we try it? I was like, okay. So it opened up, you know, different types of doors to us and we got to meet nice people.
0: Yeah, I noticed that on your Instagram. I mean, you, it seems like you're going to lots of events. You, you're really in the Porsche community. Obviously, there's a great there's a great community in New Jersey as well. Or are you still going to the New York events? Um, I noticed, um, And I noticed that your kids got to meet uh, Mr. Magnus Walker as well, which is really cool.
1: <laughs> yes, we actually met Magnus Walker twice. Uh, one time was with the 996, uh, when the first time was in the uh, DTA event uh, that um, uh,
0: was there. Maybe you were the reason yeah, why he I, ended up buying one. Maybe he saw yours and thought. That was,
1: a, that was actually before he got his 996. I was going
0: to say, is that before? Yeah, that was before,
1: yeah. <laughs> Uh, DTA was hosted by, uh, P, P car market. Okay. Yep. At the time, uh, they, they, they're CCS. That's what they called. Right. So it was hosted by them, that event. Uh, so that's when we met the first time Magnus Walker. And then after that, we met him again, uh, when he came down and did, when he did the bear mountain, uh um, cars and coffee meet. Right. We met him over there again. So my kids really enjoyed <laughs> my small one really enjoys, uh, I was going to say
0: thing. that for, fu- yeah, that photo, Gary, your kids look so happy. They look so happy to yes, have, uh, to meet him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very he cool.
1: actually put a, he actually put a sticker also in the back of my seat on the nine nine six and he autographed it. So we just left it there.
0: Oh
2: that's I'm
1: good. i like, you know what, staying with the car. I'm not taking that off for that.
0: Yeah, it, it <clears throat> the Porsche community is great though, isn't it? I mean it's 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 interesting that you said though you weren't really going to events or joining these things before the before the nine nine six, but now you're into it. It's it's like it's a whole part of the ownership journey, isn't it? I mean it's it's just so such a cool thing to do
1: uh it is it is you know you get to, you get to meet different people uh you get to do some of these nice events uh it's also a lot of these events are also family friendly now that I have a family i'm not that young anymore you know, take the kids, let them meet people, let them meet other kids, let them enjoy the cars, let them try to get into it uh you know participate with the wife also you go on rally drives you know it's not uh timed rallies, it's fun rallies you go, yeah. you know on treks uh it's it gives us. It gives you a purpose, and it gives you something also to do with your yep. family.
0: Yeah, true. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I have to say, um, have you got what are the seats in your nine nine seven? Are they sports seats, or is that the nine nine six? The images I'm looking at—that's uh, the nine nine six seats.
1: The nine nine six has sports seats in it too. That's what I put them in. Uh, I put in sports seats, and the nine nine seven also has sports
0: seats in it. Yeah. I've always liked the sports seats. Mine doesn't have the sports seats. Actually, I thought I saw a picture on your Instagram. I can't find it now. Um, I do yeah, like the those.
1: 997 also.
0: Yeah, the 996 seats look great though with those those bolsters. They're like turbo. That's what's in the turbo. Is it? the same as in the 996 turbo. Almost looks similar.
1: Uh, I mean, they're the same also in the GT3 because those seats, the ones that I got in the 996, came out of a GT3 that was uh, uh, hit on track. All ah, right, and the car was totaled, and the owner had the seats uh, sitting in the garage, and I bought it off for him and I put them in my car.
0: All right. So you added those a few years ago?
1: Uh, actually, a few months after I bought the car, I added them in because okay. that was like the main thing that I wanted in that car. Yeah. I was like, those seats are going to make the interior of the car and it, it does make a big difference. It does.
0: It does. It looks great. So what else then? So, you you know, you've got the perfect, you know, some would say the perfect garage. You've got the 996 and 997. I know you haven't stopped looking. You said you're happy for now. What do you think? You think another transaxle is going to make its way in there? Now you've got the garage space in, in your new home. Uh,
1: um, <laughs> tell the truth, I am, uh, I am thinking about another transaxle, uh, maybe another nine, six, eight cool. Okay. Not a convertible. Uh, I would like to have maybe one of those either that, or if I can get my hands on, uh, you know, in a nice early seventies, mid seventies, early eighties, nine eleven. Fantastic. Go back to air cold a little bit.
0: Fantastic. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm not looking,
1: I'm not looking to move forward, uh, towards a newer nine eleven for now. They just, for me, they become a little bit too big.
0: So the 991, there's nothing in the 991 range that would appeal to you? You think you might, you know, want to get a 991, like a GTS or something like that?
1: No, no, I don't think so. GT3. The only one, maybe I think after this, is GT3, yeah. That's yeah. It. that's the only one you can really go for. Yeah. I'm not really, because I drove some 991s. Uh, it doesn't drive the same even as the 997. Okay. You know, it's, it feels softer.
2: Right. Right. It feels a yeah. little bit
1: softer. It doesn't give you that, you know, when you're going to around corners and, and you're going on drives and, you know, you want to take the twisties nicely. Uh, it feels a little bit too soft for me.
0: Right. Understand.
1: Maybe, you know, maybe for others they like it, but it's not for me. Yeah. Not for me.
0: Well, you've got a great two car garage, Gary. That's for sure. I'm sure all the listeners are going, you know, it's a good story. You've had, you've had so many, so many Porsches, honestly. I think you have almost had 20, I think. I think it's getting close to 20. That's for sure. It's definitely more than 15. I... <laughs> So let's let's get yeah, on to, you have, let's get on, we're almost at the end, uh, we always like to keep this at an hour, we're a bit over, but that's cool. Um, let's get on to the driving, because you've done a lot of driving, you know, you did the, the early drives all through Europe in your 944, and your first 944, um, you know, you've driven in London, you're in the US, you know, if someone's coming to the US or someone wants to go and take their Porsche on a great driving road, what is what is your favourite, what is one of your favourites that you would say definitely, definitely do that?
1: One of my favorites, I have to say, is uh, Bear Mountain. Going over there for drives is really nice, especially at this time of the year with the fall. It's really, really nice going out there. Uh, And then you have uh, some nice roads over here where I live, but down to the coast. You can take some nice coastal roads. Yeah. Really nice roads with nice uh, views. They can go and take, um, um, like, Route 18 down to... uh, um, Rumson and stuff like that is really nice. You drive by the, you know, you you on the parallel of the water of the ocean, right? And you could just take some nice twisties over there. You go on the bridges, beautiful views, beautiful drive, and especially early in the morning, there's almost nobody there. That's actually where I was this morning.
0: Oh, really? Which car? Yes. Did you, okay, here's a here's a question for you. So you 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 know, one of your favorite drives. You know, you love Bear Mountain. You love that one along the water. Which car do you usually go for first? Now, I always ask this question to people who have Boxsters and 911s. A lot, of, a lot of them always say that well, they go to the box to first. But you've got a 996, Arrow, You've got a 997, full aero. Which one do you go for?
1: Uh, today, I took the 996, actually. The <laughs> 996? <laughs> yes. I always keep, I don't know why, I keep on uh, grabbing the keys to the 996 first. On, really? Uh, on every occasion that I get, yes.
0: Okay. That's because you've had it for longer, you think? I mean, that's, that's unusual because the 997 is a newer car and you think, oh, I want to go into the 997 more because you've owned the 996 for so long now. But you pick the 996 over the 997 most times?
1: I pick it more over the 997 most of the time because I guess because I got used to it uh, and I feel like more comfortable driving it where I'm going because uh, I know how it's going to behave. Right. Uh, but the 997, I do take it out if I'm going like on um, uh, on the long drive, on the highway. So I do I like to take that one more because it's faster. It's, uh, <laughs> it gives you a different experience on those kind of – on the long hauls.
0: Yeah. What do you think, though, Um, having both of the cars before we go, having both of the cars as an as a ownership cost, you know, just a normal running cost, do you think they're about the same? From I know you've only had the 997 for a couple of years, but do you think that the cost of ownership is about the same maintenance-wise?
1: Yeah, it's the same. It's not that much of a difference in it. I mean, I just did right now a 60,000-mile service on the 997, and the service was about, I think it was like $1,000 on it. Okay. So I paid the same for the 996 when I did it on that Right. for the service.
0: And there's no major, yeah. nothing major has happened with your 997. You know I own a 997.1 as well. Nothing at all. They're pretty reliable, nothing. actually.
1: Nothing. Pretty reliable, yes. Yeah, that's I have I nothing, nothing has gone wrong with it so far. Thank Fantastic. God. Fantastic. Yeah, so I'm really
0: enjoying both of them at the moment. Um, so since you're in the nine nine six, does your wife go out in the nine nine seven and follow you when you go on the drives, or she doesn't drive manual?
1: No, no. no. My wife doesn't drive at all. she <laughs> doesn't drive all. at all. <laughs> at all.
0: Same as That's my a wife. Funny
1: thing. She just likes to be. She she just likes to be the co-pilot. Fantastic. She doesn't drive at
0: all. <laughs> That's good.
1: <Yeah, cool>. <laughs> I tried changing it, but it didn't help. No, no? Nothing
0: helped. Okay.
1: No. So they're both for you. In you, get
0: the tr- you, get the- you get to drive all of them.
1: Yeah, for the moment, yes, but my older one is starting to drive right now. So he's, uh, I'm about to start teaching him this summer how to drive the manual cars because he can drive only automatic at the
0: moment. Oh, so he's looking forward so he's to. He's
1: already eyeing one of them.
0: I was going to say he's, he's already looking eyeing forward. One of them. <laughs> watch out. Watch out. <laughs> what are you going to do then?
1: That's the thing. I'll probably give him one of them. Yeah. If I have uh, both of them still, yeah, I'll give him one. Why not? Let him enjoy it. Fantastic. He's young. He's what a what an it.
0: experience. What an experience because you had the, yeah, you had the give them- yeah, and it's like, you know, you're going back in time, aren't you? You had that Porsche, you know, your dad said you're, you know, you you had the money. You asked your dad if you can buy it. He said, "Yes," and you bought it. So it's almost that experience is repeated, right? Like you've now you've got the yes. cars and you you're giving your son the same experience. So it's great. It's yeah, so the start of his uh, what, start be- of his 15 car collection.
1: <laughs> hopefully hopefully <laughs> if he's gonna be a car guy yes but uh it'd be a good experience for him my him to do better in life
0: yeah you Fantastic. Know, it, it
1: definitely motivated me to do better in life
0: that's great that's great gary we're at the end of the time um before we leave is there anything anything you want to share with the listeners uh
1: just get out and drive don't don't be afraid of getting into your 911s or don't be afraid of getting in 996 and all that noise about the ims and (laughs) and the headlights uh, forget about it just enjoy the experience of the porsche brand
0: absolutely good tip good tip you know
1: transaxle rear axle doesn't matter
0: yeah i mean the transaxle thing is really (laughs) appealing isn't it i mean it's unfortunate the prices are all going up everywhere though um i think 968s you can still get at okay prices though can't you
1: um. Yeah. Nice, decent. Uh, nice, decent. One is around twenty grand right now. You can get one. Yeah. Which is not that bad. But I remember you could have gotten them for about two, three thousand.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say when you bought. Yeah. Going back, I think nine in Australia probably double that. But you know.
1: Yeah. Oh, probably. Well, you guys double. have the club sports too out there. I would love to have one of those. The
0: club sport. I saw one of those um, at Order House Hamilton one day when I took my car in. There was a red oh. one. I think it was red. Man. I'd never seen one before. I'd actually never seen one before. In fact, I didn't think I even knew about it. This is going back probably four years. Um, it's really, really nice. Very, very nice. Yeah,
1: I would love to have one of Club yeah. Sports. I would love to drive one even.
0: I was going to ask you yeah, about that. So car. they weren't, sorry, Gary, they weren't <clears throat> available in the US? No, they're not available in the US, the Club Sports. Yeah, fantastic car. Fantastic car. Yeah,
1: yeah. As far as I hear from a lot of people, it's it's a great driving car. Yeah, it's
0: like. Yeah. Hands down, one of the best. You can't import one into the US, though, right? You couldn't import one in from the It's got to be,
1: I think, 25 years older. Right. 25
0: or 30 years older to right. import it into the US. You know, but the prices on
1: the club sports is high. Is insane right now.
0: Yeah, it's very high. I guess you've got a, you've got a, lot, a lot of other home. choices anyway. So that's for sure.
1: Yeah, for the money, you have a lot of choices that you can get into.
0: Yeah. All right, Gary, thank you so much for being on Owner Stories today. Uh, I really, really enjoyed uh, catching up. Um, thanks for leaving that review as well of the podcast. Much appreciated.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Michael. It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Thanks so much, Gary. Um, all right, everyone. That's Gary coming in from uh, US, New Jersey. Uh, Gary owns, I reckon, the perfect two two Porsche garage almost. Uh, 1999, 996 with the LSD red arrow arrow wing arrow two wing and the O7997 with the uh, full arrow kit in black make sure you go to Ar- uh, gary's email uh, gary's email sorry gary's instagram at p996 underscore 997 that's at p 99996997 underscore 997 give him a follow tell him you heard his story on on owner stories and uh that's about it thanks everyone thanks for listening bye for now